0: Hey, welcome back to the Motivated Missionary Podcast. It's been a while since I've done one of these. I've missed it. Today I want to talk about something that is very near and dear to my heart and something I'm very passionate about as well because it's something that I really struggled with for a lot of my mission. And that is anxiety and depression. Not the most exciting subject in the world, I'm not going to lie. But I do know that a lot of people struggle with it, and just recently, I found a few practices through countless hours of study, prayer, and fasting that have completely changed my life. I used to have an anxiety attack at least once every other day or so, and have had times in my mission where I had what is called suicidal ideology, where I would frequently dabble with the thought, what if I wasn't here? Suicidal ideology kind of sounds intense or scary. I didn't even know that there was a name for it, but that's what I was told by my counselors. But the the habits and practices that I put in my routine have allowed me to not have an anxiety attack for over a month. And I'm as confident and as at peace as I've ever been. So before I share anything about what I've done to help myself, let me just make it clear and reiterate the fact that I am not a doctor and haven't had any formal training in the field of mental health. So don't take any of my information as someone who has a degree, because I don't. And as far as these podcasts go, I've never taken a speaking class, and I failed high school English more often than I passed it. Although, with that being said, the extra classes I took at summer school may have given me some kind of intellectual advantage i don't know maybe we'll find out nevertheless i truly believe that what i'm going to share can and will change lives all right i'm going to share three steps to take when dealing with anxiety and depression that will help alleviate symptoms but before i start i want you to think of this analogy to put into perspective how this works i want you to think of a power plant one of the big industrial looking buildings big smokestacks, flashing yellow lights, all of it. Now, a power plant is not built on top of an energy source and then given the task to simply store energy. The power plant is built to generate energy. Similarly, we are not vessels filled with emotions and feelings. Instead, we generate emotions and feelings by our thoughts, actions, and environments. And we do that either consciously or subconsciously. Alright, with that in mind, here are the steps. Step one is acknowledgement. Now, acknowledgement has two parts to it. First, you're acknowledging the feeling you experience. And you may even say it out loud to yourself. So someone might say, right now, I feel sad. Doing this allows your subconscious mind to be validated. Second you determine factors that would cause you to feel this way. For example, the same person might say, my mom passed away six months ago, and I saw something that reminded me of her. Or, my marriage isn't doing well. Or for missionaries, it may be, I miss my family, or boyfriend, girlfriend, dog, whatever. A lot of times, anxiety can just be regular emotions intensified, which can make us feel like something is wrong with us if we don't understand that. So when we validate the feeling we experience with an understandable truth as to why we would feel that way, it allows our mind to switch out of the panic mode and into a state where it can simply experience the emotion. And here's a quick side note. All emotions are good. No one wants to be happy all the time. And if you do, you're lying. You don't want to be happy at your grandma's funeral. You'll want to feel at peace, but I can't imagine that you'll want to be happy looking at someone you love no longer with you. We want to experience all the emotions. The fear comes when we're mentally unstable and begin to think that we'll always be stuck in one emotion. And that's where a lot of hopelessness comes from. And the problem I've noticed with people who deal with anxiety is that their minds seem to be going at 100 miles an hour in 16 different directions. So being able to find a definitive within the chaos is tremendously helpful when trying to bring order to your thoughts. Step 2 choose to act instead of being acted upon. Now what does that look like? For me, it's a few things. One, I don't touch my phone for the first 30 minutes after I wake up. This is a common practice, but the purpose behind it is that when I pick up my phone and start looking at emails or social media, my conscious and subconscious mind start being acted upon by different information, which forces my brain to spit out emotions. So if I wake up, and before I pray or do anything else, I see an email about something I have to do, my first emotion of the day may be stress. Stress has now set the pace for the rest of my day, and I no longer get to be in full control or have the feeling that I am in control because I didn't prepare myself to receive that information in a constructive way. Another thing I choose to do in an attempt to act is wake up early. As missionaries, we even ask to get up at 6.30 in the morning. Now because I've been told that 6.30 is the rule, I don't feel like I'm in control when I wake up at or after 6.30 because I'm being acted upon by the standards set by someone else. So instead, I wake up anywhere from 4.15 to 5.00 in the morning. This not only helps me feel in control, but the extra time I have allows me to mentally prepare myself for the rest of the day. Step 3. Meditation this is hands down the most important thing in my life right now because what I have learned about meditation has been absolutely mind-blowing. Beforehand, I would think of some kind of Buddhist monk on top of a mountain doing his hum, but the more that I've looked into it and the more that I've studied it, the more just fascinating it becomes. and I realized how valid it is in our lives. Okay, but I need to explain first how this works. Then I'll teach you how to do it. Think of your brain as a record of the past. We think anywhere from sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day. And 90% of our thoughts are repetitive thoughts from the day before. So we wake up on the same side of the bed go to the bathroom, take a shower, eat the same thing, sit in the same traffic, see the same people, talk about the same things, and the most most important thing to point out again, think the same thoughts. What happens over time is that we feel the same emotions that lead to the same thoughts, and that causes us to perform the same actions. And then we become hardwired machines who do everything in their lives out of a habit, and habit becomes comfortable even if we are uncomfortable. Okay, now I want to explain how powerful our mind is. If you were to sit down and simply begin to think of worst-case scenarios, just the most awful things that could happen in your life, you would initiate stress hormones and fuel your body with emotions. Why? Because your body doesn't know the difference from you thinking about it compared to what is actually happening in the 3D world. So now we can ask the question. Is anxiety and depression something that we genetically inherit? Or is it a byproduct of the hardwired negative thoughts that over time simply intensified and became habit? I personally like to think yes. Because if so, that means that we can rewire our brains. Here's how. Meditation means to become familiar with. One problem we have is that we aren't even aware of all the negative thoughts and worries we have because we are always doing, seeing, smelling, touching, or eating something. So the first step is to close your eyes. Doing so will give you less immediate distraction. Second, force yourself to sit down, but you do it as if you're telling an animal to sit or obey you. Now that may sound kind of odd. But doing so sends direct signals from your brain to your body, telling your body that your mind is in control. Now you're sitting with your eyes closed, and you're not seeing, smelling, touching, or eating anything. So if you're not allowing your thoughts to be defined by any of those external factors, then the only thing you have to be defined by is your thoughts. This is where we become aware or familiar with ourselves. Meditation slows down our thinking, and when we slow down our thinking, we allow our mind to recognize what thoughts need to be changed. So when those thoughts pass through our mind again, they don't go through unchecked because we're aware that it's not supposed to be there anymore. Now, here's the cool part. If our bodies don't know the difference between us thinking and negative thought compared to it actually happening, then that means that we can do the same thing with positive thoughts. We can rewire our bodies into becoming the ideal images of ourselves, and we do that by creating a vision. Because if you're not defined by a a vision of the future, then you're being defined by a record of the past. A lot of anxiety comes from things that are unknown, such as the future. Well, the best way to predict the future is to create it, not from the known, but from the unknown when we mentally rehearse the actions we want to see in our everyday lives. Our brain doesn't recognize a difference between what we are visualizing compared to what we're actually experiencing in the 3D world. By doing this, you begin to install the neurological hardware in your brain to look like the event has already occurred. So now your brain is no longer a record of the past, but instead a map to the future. Now, if you do this every day, this neurological hardware becomes a software. If we believe that the way we think and feel creates outcomes in our lives, then wiring ourselves with positive thinking and feeling must create only positive outcomes when done correctly. You have the potential to get better and make of your life exactly what you want it to be. This process has been life-changing for me. And I have a bigger vision for my life than I ever imagined. I know that was a lot of information, so if you have any questions, please feel free to message me on Facebook Messenger. I wish the best of luck to you in all righteous endeavors. And as always, stay motivated.